God's people are rediscovering our legacy of spiritual warfare in a corrupt society. This is Dennis Peterson, and thanks for joining me today on Reclaiming Your Legacy. It's pretty clear that no rational American Christian today needs to be convinced that much of our generation is wicked, as Jesus openly spoke of his own generation as wicked in Matthew 12. Those of us who humbly try to live honorably and honestly are all horrified by the perverse and corrupt wickedness that is being openly exposed in so many of the mountains of influence in our society. God is using the manufactured political crisis of a moderate health emergency to expose the ignorance and corruption that he is now using to generate awakening and repentance. Think about it. Christian pastors and mass during the post-Civil War era began failing their assigned duty to equip the saints to actively disciple their young people for righteousness in this nation. It took a century of unimagined national prosperity to reduce a spoiled and entitled generation to face the possible disaster of becoming another third-world socialist country. But God, who is rich in mercy, is opening eyes and hearts through crucibles of economic pain and suffering as faithful servants of Christ deepen their commitment to intercede for others and show selfless charity to those truly in need. This hour of refining fire will reveal an outpouring of God's intervention. It will bring justice to God's enemies and mercy to millions of recipients of his grace. May God's word direct us as we pray for our Heavenly Father's will to be done on earth as it is done in heaven because all authority has been given to Jesus, our Lord, our Master, and because he delegated his authority through the agency of his Holy Spirit to work through his ecclesia, his called out adopted children, we can come boldly to the throne of the King of the universe. We can ask for his guidance in our obedient actions. We can know that he will always be faithful to use us in accomplishing his will and for his glory. And a critical part of our biblical mission is to rediscover our legacy of spiritual warfare in a corrupt society. Critical times require critical thinking. The art of biblical war absolutely hinges on knowing the patterns of God's unchanging nature and the clear directions that have been obscured by postmodern Christian thinking. Remember God's clear direction to Joshua leading the children of Israel as they crossed the Jordan, preparing to conquer Canaan? Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you'll have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That's Joshua 1, 7-9. Almighty God is capable of equipping his saints with the truth only if they will listen to it and do it. Faith without corresponding actions is dead, useless, 
powerless. Jesus said in his prayer for his disciples, Sanctify them, set them apart as your peculiar people, by the truth. Your word is truth. That's John 17, 17. And when his disciples asked Jesus to increase their faith amidst the challenges of their lives, we must remember the biblical solution to that need. Paul made it very clear in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, that faith comes by hearing, and specifically by hearing the word of Christ, the Messiah, God's anointed only redeemer of all mankind. We've got to hear his word. And the Lord said in Luke 18, Hear what the unrighteous judge said. Now will not God bring about justice for his elect who cry to him day and night? And will he delay long over them? I tell you that he will bring about justice for them quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find the faith on the earth? Now think about that. This puzzling, open-ended question from the lips of Jesus himself can be rightly applied right now. If Jesus came to you and me today, would he find us exercising the kind of confident faith that he prescribed to Joshua? We're soldiers in God's army. We have assignments to actively engage with the mountains of influence in our world today. To do that, like any soldier, we must admit to be trained in the ecclesia, the church that Jesus established on the authority of his ownership of the keys of the kingdom of heaven in Matthew 16. That simply means denying our selfish tendency to idolize ourselves, taking up our cross, and following him. It means the same thing it meant in his command to Joshua. Learn his word, speak his word, meditate on his word day and night. Be strong, be courageous, know your God intimately, and that takes discipline. That's why to have victory, there are no shortcuts to learning God's ways by personally studying his word, personally, as if your life depended on it. Psalm 2 is so timely for the hour we're witnessing today. The King James Version says, Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? All the modern English translations rightly translate ethnos, the word heathen in the King James, as nations. It is the ethnic people groups of the nations that we all witness in angry confusion or rage. The New Living Translation renders the second part of that statement as, Why do they waste their time with futile plans? Psalm 96, 3-5 says, Tell of his glory among the nations his wonderful deeds among all the peoples. For great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the peoples are non-existent idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Psalm 92, 6-9 assures us, a brutish man, a senseless, stupid, unthinking simpleton, doesn't know, neither does a fool understand this. We all need to wake up and pay attention to what God's word is alerting us to see here. What does the unthinking man miss? Get it well. It goes on in Psalm 92. It says that when the wicked sprouted up like grass and all who did iniquity flourished, it was only that they might be destroyed forevermore. But you, O Lord, are on high forever. For behold, your enemies, O Lord, for behold, your enemies will perish. All who do iniquity will be scattered. We modern Christians sometimes fail to see that the Lord hates the wicked with perfect hatred. Read Psalm 139, verse 22. And that his peculiar people 
are called to recognize evil and overcome it with good, as it says in Romans 12, verse 21. Read the context of one of my most oft-repeated prayers in Scripture, Psalm 139, 23-24. It says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the path or the way of everlasting. Now listen closely to the context of that prayer. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God! Depart from me, therefore, you bloodthirsty men, for they speak against you wickedly. Your enemies take your name in vain. He's talking about God now. He says, it, it says the enemies of God take his name in vain. Do I not hate them, O Lord, who hate you? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them my enemies. A major spiritual insight is sorely missing in much of today's religious society. Discernment. Even in many well-meaning, spiritually active Christian circles, even basically godly people don't have the discernment to sort out what's good and what's evil. Like Isaiah predicted, there will be woe, anguish, distress, and sadness to those who call evil good and good evil. Why? Because they don't bother even thinking about the works of the Lord or the operation of his hands. That's from Isaiah 5, verse 20 and 12. And that's precisely why they lack knowledge and rush to their own captivity, bondage, and imprisonment under the sworn enemies of their existence. Read it in Isaiah 5.13. It doesn't take a genius to see the cause of a nation's captivity. For America, our drunken obsession with success and affluence, has done just what it did to Solomon's Israel. God's people fell into the idolatry of satisfying their appetites. Self-centered preoccupation with entertainment dominates our society. Our submission to the otherwise honorable pursuit of knowledge, yet without God, led to secular atheistic compromises to truth. Abandoning the fight to keep the Bible, prayer, and godly morality central in our children's daily education, we took the bait of pride to have lavish, federally-run schools and we got disastrous academic and moral results. So God allows a manipulated public health crisis to virtually close underperforming public schools. And that wakes up a sizable percentage of caring parents to switch to parent and home-guided education. Millions of people who typically don't participate in civic voting responsibilities are becoming suddenly more engaged in discovering what's really true taking the time to learn about it, to research it, to dig a little deeper than just the evening news. The fruit of corrupted government policies derailed our nation's forgotten vision of moral and religious discipleship to the brink of utter ruin. Millions of younger people are seeing firsthand the fierce insanity of ideologically misguided socialist Marxists. God is sovereignly opening minds and hearts to see that influential humans who arrogantly set themselves up to be demigod-like tyrants on Mount Olympus are heading for a Haman-like destruction of their own making. You know, just like Queen Esther, many of God's chosen, even if unlikely servants, are being raised up for his special assignments for his kingdom in such a time as this. Discernment, guided by God's Holy Spirit, allows us to see through the smoke so we can know the motivation behind the words and actions of people. More importantly, 
Discernment enables us to see what God forged for good, even when the devil intended evil. Much of our perception is dependent on what we have voluntarily subjected ourselves to perceive. If you listen to all the dismal reports of the corrupted analysts of the world, you'd be understandably depressed and confused. But if you listen to God's word and his anointed prophetic ambassadors who rely on the genuine and clear authority of that word, your hope will be steadfast and your trust in God's providence will be unshakable. God miraculously gave America a surprisingly Samson-like popular leader to begin rebuilding the broken-down walls of our nation's freedoms. Those who reject the fact that God sets up and puts down those in the leadership of nations will never see this. Read Psalm 75, verse 7. Discernment tells us that this miraculous modern turning point will bring God glory. A divinely gifted, strong man has no selfish reason to put himself in the cauldron of every demonic attack from hell, and what God has proven by his deliverance through each Goliath challenge from heaven's enemies is the growing confidence that God himself is raising up a new generation of courageous warriors. They refuse to back down to the evil reports of the ten spies a generation ago. Think about that. That generation failed to see God's planned victory for the conquering of demonically held territory that God equips his warriors to occupy for his kingdom and for his glory. A new generation is being sharpened with divine gifts and supernatural courage to destroy the works of the enemy and restore the ancient foundation of kingdom principles. This new reawakening is reestablishing the brave pioneering spirit that toughened the men God used to make this nation a beacon that brought the gospel of Christ to more tribes of people than ever since Jesus commissioned his disciples to plant the spirit of liberty in Christ in all the nations. Let God's spirit give you discernment to hear the plans he has for this generation. When the demonically inspired enemies of God seem to forecast a hopelessly evil agenda, Join the millions of godly intercessors who are expectantly standing, engaged in the battle. Exercise your historic privilege to influence your public servants for truth and justice. Remind them that they are accountable to answer to a higher authority. Their temptations to bow to sacred idols of their changing world will soon crumble. Only righteousness will endure. And the season for the shaking of every power that can be shaken is upon us now. We must not miss a key principle of God's eternal nature. He is just, and he expects his people to expectantly trust in his judgment in the affairs of nations on this earth in this present time, not just in some far-off future. Speaking of the evildoers, who are workers of iniquity, that God's psalmist proclaims in Psalm 94, 23, he has brought on them their own iniquity, it says there, and he shall cut them off in their own wickedness. The Lord our God shall cut them off. Read Psalm 94, verse 8. It says, Understand, you senseless among the people, and you fools, when will you be wise? The Lord knows the thoughts of man, that they are futile. Going on in verse 12. Blessed is the man whom you instruct, O Lord, and teach out of your law that you may give him rest from the days of adversity until the pit is dug for the wicked. For the Lord will not cast off his people, nor will he forsake his inheritance, but judgment will return to righteousness, and all the upright in heart will follow it. 
Who will rise up for me against the evildoers? Who will stand up for me against the workers of iniquity? Unless the Lord had been my help, my soul would soon have settled in silence. Meditate on that word in Psalm 94. President Trump said on November 7, 2020, after proven, hardworking patriots worked tirelessly to challenge the fraudulent manipulation of the 2020 general election. This is about more than just honoring the votes of 74 million Americans who voted for me. It's about ensuring that Americans can have faith in this election and in all future elections. Our president's declaration is the bedrock on which we must stand no matter what the cost, if we're to keep what our fathers have died to preserve. Don't minimize or ever forget that stand. It must be the stand that every true American must take if he is a true American citizen, if he claims to be faithful to obey the laws of the land, our Constitution. Every self-proclaiming Christian who at least thinks he's doing what honors our Almighty God of the Bible, the Lord Jesus Christ, must also recognize his obedience to the rightful laws of the land of his rightful earthly citizenship. That means something. The United States of America is unique in its assignment of leadership responsibility. Hired bureaucrats are not your leaders. There are civil servants hired to do a job honestly. Elected representatives at every level, local, state, and federal, are not your leaders. They are our civil magistrates, elected temporarily to represent our interests and to obey the same constitution to which we all submit our respect and duty to obey. As Christians who submit to God's authority, we admit that Jesus Christ is our supreme leader. As our founding fathers declared openly, we have no king but Jesus. As true Americans, we admit that our providentially conceived constitution puts the responsibility of our nation on we the people, and like our founders, we Christians of all people should understand the motto of our founders, resistance to tyrants is obedience to God. That is why those three words are written in huge, bold letters as the sovereign initiators of our constitutional republic. If we claim to, in any way, have respect for a biblical mandate to submit to authority, we must also admit that all delegated and elected representative governors, or agents of our land, are held accountable to the constitutional process that we, the people, have established in the Constitution. We, the people must do our rightful job of enforcing those delegated duties in every way that the Constitution provides. And Christians of all citizens, no matter what their doctrinal beliefs, should, by their very essence to be governed by honesty and morality, insist that their Christian peers take their mature responsibility of citizenship seriously. If you and I, as Christian citizens, have any desire to assure our grandchildren have the freedom to exercise their biblically derived human rights of life, liberty, and property, how can we not participate in the legal process of governing ourselves with moral restraint to assure our peaceful existence? How else can we expect to provide our families with the opportunity to work for the advancement of Christ's kingdom and the everyday exercise of our biblical faith? Rediscovering our legacy of warfare, of spiritual warfare, is a big part of what God is doing today to reestablish the fear of God in our immoral society. And it's foreign to those misguided souls who think New Testament Christianity is passive, or that God's vengeance is not real on the corrupted enemies of truth. You shall know them 
by their fruit. Over 244 years ago, our nation's founders made banners declaring resistance to tyranny is obedience to God. The American people are at a crossroads, and they must choose either liberty or slavery. There are no polite compromising solutions left. The corrupted distortions of the media have so many senseless people succumbing to fear that massive civil conflict is practically inevitable requiring trained peacekeeping intervention. Remember the tyrants are outnumbered and unsupported by our Constitution when they disobey the law of the land, and they know it. They cannot rule over us if we refuse to obey. And if we humbly appeal to heaven for God's divine intervention of justice on the unjust, those tyrants will soon discover the fear of God. A significant portion of your fellow citizens today will always choose slavery over freedom in exchange for perceived safety. That's because they're cowards. But if you're wondering what it will take to stop this madness, remember that it does not take a majority of the public to transform a society. Jesus started with 12. While God's people rally to pray and intercede biblically for God's protection for the just and justice for enemies of truth, we realize that as society is pushed to a breaking point, it takes less than 5% to build major movement in the right direction. When 10% actively resist, you will see a full-scale revolution resulting in awakening reformation. This is why we all need to be humbly calling our like-minded friends to pray even if our church leaders are not doing it. Pray biblically from Psalms for the deliverance of God's people and the rightfully deserved justice upon his enemies. Like Psalm 7, verse 9 to 17, Oh, let the wickedness of the wicked come to an end, but establish the just. For the righteous God tests the hearts and minds. My defense is of God who saves the upright in heart. God is a just judge, and God is angry with the wicked every day. Verse 14 goes on saying, Behold, the wicked brings forth iniquity. Yes, he conceives trouble and brings forth falsehood. He made a pit and dug it out, and has fallen into the ditch which he made. His trouble shall return upon his own head, and his violent dealing shall come down on his own crown. I will praise the Lord according to his righteousness, and will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. And don't miss Psalm 28. Verse 3 says, Hear the voice of my supplications when I cry to you, Lord. When I lift up my hands toward your holy sanctuary, do not take me away with the wicked and with the workers of iniquity who speak peace to their neighbors, but evil is in their hearts. Give them according to their deeds and according to the wickedness of their endeavors. Give them according to the work of their hands. Render to them what they deserve because they do not regard the works of the Lord nor the operation of his hands. He shall destroy them and not build them up. Blessed be the Lord, because he has heard the voice of my supplications. And don't forget chapter 40. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me, O Lord. Make haste to help me. Let them be ashamed and brought to mutual confusion who seek to destroy my life. Let them be driven backward and brought to dishonor who wish me evil. Let them be confounded because of their shame who say to me, Aha! Aha! Let all those who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Let such as love your salvation say continually, The Lord be magnified. Even when God used Esther to open the king's eyes to Haman's wicked plot, 
the people of God had to stand and fight against any enemies who might dare to try to exterminate them. Once Esther took her step of faith, things the king could not see began to be revealed. Her obedience caused the king to be able to see, to hear, discover, and take action. Haman's plan was foiled. He was hung on the gallows he had prepared for Mordecai. And the people of God were granted the ability to fight back against their enemies, thus being preserved as a nation. This is an incredible story that seems to be playing out in America today. We, the praying church, are playing the role of Esther. The Holy Spirit is guiding us. Our obedience in intercession is causing our enemies' plans to be revealed. Our prayers are encouraging those in secular positions who need strength and encouragement, President Trump and so many others. When our cause is just, God's people have the confident authority to trust in their God who will do exploits in his name and for his glory. That's from Daniel 11, verse 32. Those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with flattery, but the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. It says in Isaiah 30, verse 18, Therefore the Lord will wait, that he may be gracious to you, and therefore he will be exalted, that he may have mercy on you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are those, all those, who wait for him. This is Dennis Peterson. Thanks for joining me today on Reclaiming Your Legacy.